We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to Talking Yang. After a couple-week hiatus, Chris and I are back. Uh, holiday travels are over. Uh, we didn't really talk about the first round of the playoffs on this, but we'll talk about what happened in Wild Card Weekend and take a look at what's going to happen here as well as some other stuff, too, I'm sure. Uh, starting off, though, uh, you know, Wild Card Weekend was rough for us. Uh, we, we had the same picks, and obviously we went 0-3-1. It was terrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um I mean, I'm I'm thinking about it like the Houston one looked the worst because they were never in that game. The Colts were clearly the better team, but it was also the one I felt the least strongly about. So, okay, write that off. Then the other one's a tie. Another game I didn't really feel strongly about. The Ravens were my personal best bet and Chargers kicked their ass. They, they played it well. But if you look at it, like Phillip Rivers had five yards per attempt. Melvin Gordon had 2.4 yards of carry. They got totally shut down by that defense and really just what happened was they got a 12 nothing lead and they got that because kick return fumble fumble interception fumbles you multiple, know so and, yeah. and what's his name was booming some long field goals which is good i mean tucker yeah. would have he missed that one which is un, you know uncharacteristic but you know it, it wasn't like the chargers dominated the game but it just got out of hand and then it was you know then obviously lamar jackson in garbage time did some stuff but wasn't enough 
I don't know. I, I guess it was the wrong pick. The Chargers are a good team, but I'm not sure if they run that one back. Doesn't go the other way. And then the last one, the Bears, I, I guess that was the most wrong I was in the sense that that was like a 50-50 game all all day, and it was the biggest line, and I laid the wood. So the one I think I was most wrong about, I would say, is the uh, is the Bears Eagles because there was not it wasn't like fluky really. You know, I mean, Foles actually threw an interception in the end zone. He threw two picks on the day, right? And really, the Eagles seem to be the team moving the ball a little bit more consistently. See, I kind of feel like the Ravens were are, were my biggest miss. You know, they were my best bet. They were never. I mean, yeah, they the Chargers didn't do much, but. They, the Ravens never, nonetheless, were never close to covering that game. They, they had a chance to win at the very end, kind of through the back door. But even then, they would have won by one point. And that, which yeah, still they never would have covered. They never would have covered. And they, and they really, I mean, it was still would have taken a miracle to win. It was even a miracle to get into that situation. Right. So as it played out, they were totally wrong. But, you know, we know even the, the opening drives of the first quarter, like the Ravens got a few first downs, then punted. And then the Chargers got stuffed three and out, and the Ravens got the ball back and fumbled. First they fumbled 15 yards back, then they fumbled again and lost it. Mm-hmm. And the Raven and the Chargers got an easy. Uh, well, they, they could have had a touchdown, but they got stuffed at the goal line and had to kick a field goal. I don't know. It was definitely wrong, but it, you know, it's not like the Colts just lit up the Texans. You know what I mean? Like that was it was easy for them. Whereas the Chargers, it was just sort of this war of attrition where the Ravens kept making these stupid mistakes. I mean, I guess it all counts, right? I mean, like the kick return, Desmond King went to the Pro Bowl. It's not like it wasn't it's this, like it's this wasn't his first good, good return. return. In fact, he had multiple good returns in that game. Not that yeah, he had one, two good returns. Yeah, yeah, he had two good returns. So that, I his mean, returning against Pittsburgh well, changed teams. that game. I mean, yeah, he, he's you really can't just good. Say special teams doesn't exist. So I guess that's that's fair enough. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of the way I look. I'm just saying, like, if I were to if if we were to redo the games again next week, if the same teams had to play again, I mean, I, I, I think like, what would the line be in, in Baltimore? Pick them. They'd move it down to that. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay. it, uh, I think so. And one of the things that was revealed too, is like Baltimore just doesn't do play from behind very well. I, I think Marty Morningwig doesn't do play from behind very well. I think he was way too slow to unleash Jackson and, and at least, you know, adjust to the offense, you know, and it may, might, might, might not just be morning wake. It could be uh, John Harbaugh, too. You know, they asked him about the, the Chargers and what they did differently. And he goes, oh, yeah, I saw we saw them, uh, you know, lining up differently on the gaps. We anticipated that they didn't do much else different. Um, they played seven defensive backs. That was completely different from what they did. Uh, you know, and that was like a huge change. And he didn't even comment on that. It's like, did you notice, or is that just kind of a slip on what you said? Was he at maybe he thought you were asking about the the front line or something, the front four? I don't know, but all I know is it seemed like they the Ravens were super slow to adjust to what the Chargers were doing, and the Chargers did a great job of prepping, a better job of prepping. Yeah, but that's the story, and they did struggle to run the Ravens, but they they could they kind of got out of it because of the turnovers. You know, like if they didn't just screw it up so much it might not have been a problem. And of course those DBs was a really smart. I mean, it's a really creative move to put those DB. You, you would think the opposite, like against the run, but they might've been able to pound them. And I, it almost seemed like it wasn't so much. It was partly that, but also like I saw a couple of plays where Lamar Jackson faked the handoff to Gus Edwards, who then ran straight through the line without the ball for like you know, six straight yards. And then the guys were right on Jackson and then vice versa, where he, um, where he handed it off and he ran 
untouched. And then the back had three guys on him. It's almost like he had a tell that he looked at the tape and they're like, watch for this. This is, this is when he keeps it. This is when he hands it off. I'm just making this up, but it, it almost seemed that way. Maybe it was just because the guys were so much faster and it was the adjustment. But I also felt like, you know, we didn't really get to find out because they just kept turning it over. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know. I, again, it was, you know, whatever it is, what it is. You only play the event once. So all this explanation is kind of meaningless. The, the reality is like you, you forecast based on indicators and things, but when, once it's over, it's, it is what it is. I mean, there's no point in going back, but I just felt fr- it was a frustrating game because I never felt like, I, I, I mean, I did feel like the chargers had them stuffed for a while, but I felt like that would have been fine because it would have been three, nothing at the half. Yeah. Yeah. It, or, but you never know what would have happened after that too. I mean, again, it's the, you know, one thing begets the next thing. Maybe the chargers right. actually right. are more aggressive. They're playing calling and all that, you know, it's could be a lot of different Maybe. things, but I mean, they, they, they could not get down the field. I mean, it was really, I mean, rivers played a great game. I mean, he didn't have a ton of time. He had some time on a couple plays and he connected on those, but mm-hmm. he didn't screw up. You know, they, they played it smart. They took what they, you know, they got given some gifts and they took them. Yeah, that's true. That is absolutely true. Um, you know, looking at this weekend, you know, I, I was setting, uh, you know, you can, you know, doing the value meter, just looking at the, the quarterbacks this week, it's night and day difference from this week to la- from last week to this week. And the totals are a lot higher. The, the, the quarterbacks, I mean, I have Brady eighth of eight right now. How insane is that? I mean, you could make an, a, a case for others being lower. I get that, but Mahomes versus the Colts, Breeze against the Eagles, Luck, Foles against New Orleans. Foles is playing really well right now. Goff at home, maybe that's the bad one against the Cowboys. Maybe Dak on the road. I don't know. I might move him down. I might move him below them. But I feel like the 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 chance for a rushing touchdown, the chance for some rushing yards out of Dak gives him a little bit of a cushion. Rivers, I know he hasn't done well against New England, but I don't fear this New England defense. And then Brady against the Chargers. He might have the worst matchup. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, in, in terms of the points projected, Brady is the fourth lowest. The, sorry, the Patriots are the fourth lowest. The lower ones are the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Chargers. Yeah, and, and, and like the right, impl- implied run total, I mean, points total? Implied, that- yeah, exactly. Im- implied uh, totals from the over-unders and the spread. So it's 24.8 for New England, uh, and it's 21.3 for the, for the uh, Eagles, 21.3 for the Cowboys, and 20.8 for the Chargers. So you know, you're, you're basically saying by putting Brady below rivers that because rivers doesn't get rushing yards. I, I get it for Prescott. You get some rushing yards, I, but you're basically saying that the Patriots are, are four points more run heavy than the, you know, it's like it's, it offsets the four points. Well, I'm saying that difference. I'm also picking the chargers too. <laughs> yeah. So you don't think it should be four. You should, you think, I think it, it should, should be three, three or whatever. I think it should yeah. be three. I, I, or a, I mean, three season. also, actually, I think the chargers are a better team on even on neutral turf. I, I think that, you know, home field matters a lot in this game though. It'll matter a lot here though, because it's going to yeah. be cold. It's going to be yeah early game. It's going to be their second straight road trip, you know, cross country. The conditions are bad. I, I, it's just, I think the chargers are a lot better. Like I think that new England, I don't know. They could just, it could just be one of those games where it's so frustrating. If you're a chargers fan, like there's a couple fumbles and picks, the team's out of sync, you know, just, you know, when a team's out of sync, it's just, it doesn't really matter who they're, who's on the team. It just, they, they just blow it and it, it could really be one of those games. But if it's not, 
I think if a New England wins, it's going to be like by a very small margin. Like they're going to have the Chargers will have to like choke or something because the Chargers are good. Yeah, they are. They they're really good and they're smart too. They're where they're weak is linebacker, but they overcame that last week by just taking them all out. It was like it was kind of crazy. Uh, but you know, I could see like the Pats with two weeks to kind of prepare. That that that's let's not forget that they get to, you know the extra week to get healthy, extra week to prepare. That's a big deal. It's kind of bullshit though that this is an early game. Like, why give the Pats even more an advantage? Like, couldn't you make the? I'm trying to think like which game. At least it's Sunday, not Saturday. I mean, it could be worse. Yeah, but it's still pretty bad. No, they they move all the sun the two Sunday teams. So that's not true. The Eagles have to play set. No, yeah, the Eagles. Now both Sunday teams, Eagles and Chargers, play Sunday. That was a given. They were yeah. gonna and the Saturday teams play that. Saturday. The Cowboys and yeah, okay, they make Cow- Cowboys but, and Colts. But like, it's like I, I don't know. I part of me just wants to see Belichick be the master and like figure out how to with the worst team beat these chargers. And, but at the same time, like it's just kind of BS. They got to play that early game. Yeah. But it, it, geographically it makes sense. I mean, Saints should right, be the playing other, the other games in new Orleans. Yeah. The other yeah. games in new Orleans. Yeah. So I, I don't really, I, as much as I want to see the existing order changed, I don't really that care that much. Actually. I mean, it's easy to hate on the, I don't really hate the Pat, the Pats. I don't, I don't actually. hate the Pats at all. I like I kind of like the Pats. But I, right. It's just I I, I want to see this settled on the merits, and I and I could see this game just being one of like man. I guess that, you know that's why you got to win home field. But they're twelve and four. And New England was eleven and five, and they got to go right. They got to go cross country. They're twice. prisoners of geography, basically. They happen to be in the wrong division. Yeah, yeah. And they even beat the Chiefs in KC. You know, so yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. You know, the, their screw up was the the home loss against Denver. That is the difference right there. But everything would be different then. You know, the whole yeah. urgency of KC game. The Chiefs knew yeah. they could lose that and just beat the Raiders and they're right. fine. You know, they didn't really right. have to. The Chiefs earned that by it. their early play. Yep. Going into Pittsburgh, but beating Pittsburgh, for instance. Before, it's just the Patriots know. are just so lucky. I mean, the Patriots are obviously a great team and they're so well coached and Brady's great. But like having the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets in your division is just ridiculous. Every year. Every year. We, I mean, it's it's been a really damn long time since they haven't been. Since they've even played wild card weekend, so think about that. Since they haven't even been a two seed or a two seed or higher, that's crazy. Yeah, I think haven't they made the championship game like in the last? I can't remember. Like they've made the championship game like every year since like 2010. I want to say or something crazy. Yeah, I don't know the exact year. Maybe that's maybe that's not true. But they've made it for many years. Or it's not just their run of Super Bowls. It's their run of conference title games is just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is. So, you know, we, we kind of ragged on Doria for going pretty deep into the Pats roster in our little staff league draft. But it's like he is he does have a point since when have the Pats ever done anything in the playoffs? I get it. But, uh, you know, it's still it was kind of funny um, that he went really deep into that roster and we were ragging on him for that. Um, let's uh, you know, how did you do on your playoff drafts? And, you know, the Sirius XM one, the Rotowire one and the NFFC one. Uh, I think the Rotoar one, I'm doing well because I had Marlon Mack. Yeah, that's and nice. And I bankrolled Patriots, which obviously you don't know yet, but certainly better than bankrolling scrubby teams. And I think I only lost like, I lost the Ravens defense in like the second to last round or something. I didn't really lose too many. Yeah, you're actually in first players. place. Now I'm looking, I pulled it up actually. 
I'm in first place and I've got all those guys left. That's you've pretty got, good. You've got six guys left. You actually have lost a lot of players. The one that I we did, did on that, the fancy postseason.com one, not the one that we did on air. Oh, no. I'm, I, I was talking about the one we did on air. Oh, I don't know how you did there. Uh, yeah, I think I'm doing well in that one. Yeah, you're in first in that one, but you lost Miller, Chicago, Fairbairn, and Allen Robinson actually had a huge game for you. That's why I'm in first place. But yeah, but that one, uh, that one, like, that was weird with the, t- you can get guys twice. I tried to buy, I tried to draft two Amari Coopers. Yeah, that was funny. I and mean, because you did, couldn't, I got the other Cooper. He went, that like, was annoying. That yeah, was especially because I, I got like, it like oh, two rounds two. after you too. That was a beautiful thing. How awesome would that be to have two of the same guy and he goes off? That's like such a great, it's such a great be uh, a gift. Uh, let's see what we did with, you know, I don't know. Did Bennett keep score on the other one there? We haven't, we didn't even mention that on air. And I don't think he, he's, no, he didn't keep score yet. So someone has to score that at some point. Well, just look, you just got to look at the rosters. You'll know pretty much what's going on. I've got it. I've got stupid Houston. I have uh, Watson, although I didn't get uh, Hopkins because of my, my draft gaffe that actually saved me a little bit there. Yeah. And I bet Dalton and he got Hopkins, which makes me happy. I was pissed. I thought that was going to be a, problem for me but i've got watson and miller that and Fairbairn. um i did get snaked on getting the uh, oh that's right so i got snaked on getting the uh texans defense so and then i got forced with the eagles defense late so that might actually work out who knows you took the chargers defense was actually pretty good too though uh so those were the you had two choices of teams that were going to advance Yep, you can't go wrong. Now that that one's actually in better shape than the one that's in first. I think I'm going to get because I had like a lot of Cowboys in the other one. The Cowboys would have to win. I think they can win. I think the Cowboys could win that game. I, I mean, we'll see. This is such a weird playoffs because the the three best teams and really the Patriots you can throw in there too. They looked good for that three weeks in the middle of the season. The, the four best teams are really the three best teams that were the dominant teams all year. The Chiefs, Saints, and Rams really peaked early. Like we haven't seen them playing at their peak in like eight weeks and that, you know, the, the saints maybe because breeze is on the road three weeks and just, and he's not going to have to do that again. So maybe that's fine. He'll be, you know, he'll be himself, but it is a weird playoffs where I just don't know who the saints or Rams are. It's not like those years where the best team in the league is coming in red hot and they they're at their peak and they're 14 and two. It's like the good teams, have have kind of fallen off. I would argue that the the two quote unquote hottest teams are the two six seeds, Philly and Indy. Yeah, and and that's problematic because they have to go on the road. You know? I think so like that could be. De- I think you could be kind of deceived by recency bias, though. I think we all, not just you, you, but the general you can. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't think hot teams matter so much as what is the. Le- I mean, obviously, there's tons of variance in any given game, but what is the expected level? You know, it's like in blackjack, obviously you can hit on 17. If you want, you might get a four or a three, but it's, you know, you're expecting to lose. If you do that, it's like, well, let's set the variance aside. Like what is the expected level of each team? And, you know, if you go by the season long performance, you'd say, well, the Rams and saints expected level and the chiefs is much higher than the Eagles and the Colts and the Cowboys. But you know, that's, I think when all of the, like people say, well, you got to use the full season. So you can't just use the last three games, the last five games. You got to count the whole season. Like, you know, Rufus Peabody, like they, they may increase the value of the recent games, but you count the whole season. And I think it would, I think there are exceptions. Like remember the giants when they won the run or the Ravens, when they won the run, like they were playing really well down the stretch and in the playoffs. And 
it was almost like the early results didn't, shouldn't matter to that, that they were like a doormat. The giants were a couple of years. just like parts of the season because it was all in one cluster and it was all before things had changed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, can you count the Rams or the saints? Excellent play. That was all in a cluster early in the year. The saints pushed it a little bit later in the year. So that's maybe not the best example, but the Rams particularly, can we count the whole season and just wait it on the whole season? Or we could say, no, something happened to them and they're not the same team. You can say that. You definitely can. Um, but it's true. <laughs> you can say that. I'm saying like, should we think, oh, Dallas is better than the Rams. I mean, I look at Dallas and the way the Rams have played recently. I'm like, Dallas is a better team. Yeah. Except is that true when they go on the road? Is it true when Dallas goes on the road? I mean, the, I let's know. look at their two last road games. They got stomped by the Colts. Now, maybe they yep. mailed it in because, you, like you said in your blog, uh, you know, they effectively clinched the division the week before, and the Colts had a lot to play for. But, you know, that doesn't seem like the Cowboys' way of things. And then the Giants yep. game, they won, but they were losing. It was back and forth. They didn't look that great defensively. Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. They didn't play great defensively. I mean, they didn't have Zeke, and they were – I look at Zeke as part of their defense in a way, but right. Um, I, I get that. They, they took they, away a lot of their running game. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, you're not like, you know, kind of controlling the game, but at the same time, you're right. They didn't look great defensively. And, but the Colts do were life and death with the giants the week before. So it's, you know, the giants were kind of a, they were a strong five and 11, Jeff. I think you're, you're underselling them, but Oh, sure. I don't know. Of course. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, it just seems like you're right. Yeah, they, they were a little worse on the road, but they just seem like a a really well-rounded team, Dallas, to me. Yeah, I I just think all their best moments were at home. Uh, I don't know. And now they're hitting the road. L.A. You know, they get they'll be warmer there. They won't have to worry about you know crowd working against them or anything like that. You know, I, I think they'll I. I, I I thought that the line was too high when we were talking about it on the show earlier. I think I'm I'm leaning now towards taking the Rams. I kind of maybe I'm talking really? myself into that. I have, I have to send my picks in still, but uh, yeah, I might lean in that direction. I'm, I'm going to take Dallas for sure at seven. If it stays at seven, I'm taking Dallas. I think I made it like six and a half or something. Yeah, it's close. It's really close. That's a tough number, but because I mean, there's, there's just a lot of option outcomes. The Rams you can run on. I think Dallas is going to run the ball. And I think Prescott. Ever since Cooper got there, has become a different quarterback, and I think he's pretty good. And they have weapons. It's not just Cooper. Gallup is pretty good. Beasley's a decent slot guy. I don't know if Swaim is anything real, but we'll see. The offensive line is really good. Zeke is catching passes, and I think their defense is better than the Rams' defense. The Rams have some. The Rams' defense is like the Texans' defense. It has a bunch of names, but the names don't. You know, the names on the jersey don't really matter. Yeah. They don't. They don't. Um, just the performance matters. I don't know. You know we'll see. Um, I'm. I don't know. I'm just. I, I get this vibe that Jason Garrett's going to. You know, is is going to be a big drag on the team here too. I just. I can't get past that. Yeah, it could be. And also, it's just one of the games where if McVeigh is as good as we think, and I'm dubious, but maybe he is. If the Rams just come out on all cylinders, they may just blow them out of the water. You know, it's one of those things where, okay, come on. I've seen this so many times in the playoffs where the wild card teams, yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty hot coming in the playoffs. They, they have a big win or impressive win against a tough team and you get all excited about them. And then they go to the bye week team that 
you know, that, no one cares about it. It's, it's well rested, good game plan, and they just get worked. That's usually that's the normal thing. That's what usually happens. I mean, it's yeah, not it just your feeling. It's that's what the numbers are. I, I I don't know. I don't know the exact number, but I remember reading a stat like last year how strong the bye week teams are, how 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 much better they usually do, and how it's not. But is it often, the spread or straight close. up? Both, both. Um, okay. Although that's not true last year. Uh, you know, the stat that came out after Wild Card Weekend was underdogs are fourteen and one against the spread in the last fifteen. But that's just the last 15. Well, the Eagles were home. It's weird because the Eagles had the bye and were home, but they were underdogs yep. to Atlanta. Who, who, Atlanta. Who, I think could, who went into L.A. Home, and went one in Wild Card Weekend. It was a very impressive win. And Atlanta had made the Super Bowl the year before. Like, oh, yep. this is that veteran team. They know the playoffs. They know how to yep. do this. And uh, Falls hadn't been good. It was like they, the Eagles were limping. And that was, last year you almost have to throw out because it was such a freak and the way the Vikings lost was such a freak that I mean, the, the Eagles should have lost to Atlanta too. I mean, they really should have. Atlanta pissed away so it's many crazy. chances there, and especially that last goal line sequence where, hey, let's not have Julio Jones in the game for three or four, three of those four plays. Let's have this stupid formation on fourth down. I with with personnel and formation both. It was it was really insane. Now. You know, I, there, there was and there was like a lot of other missed chances in that game to form too. But the beat that the NFC Championship game was legit. That was a beat me down. The Super Bowl was obviously you know they they were firing all cylinders there at that point offensively. You know the Pats put up 500 plus yards, so it wasn't like the defense did anything special. But uh, I don't know. I I almost get the feeling I'm, I'm feeling pretty a strong New Orleans vibe because of our talk too. Um, I could be wrong, but I think I'm talking myself out of. I might be talking myself into another O three and one. Who knows? <laughs> no, I, I I'm worried that you're right. Like in the wild card round, uh, our buddy Ted Bell was talking up the Chargers a lot, mm-hmm. and I was resisting because I had that Ravens ticket, and I really that's not a good reason, Ravens. by the way. Well, that was a good reason, but no, I really it's not just a good reason at all. It's style. a terrible reason. I saw them beat the Chargers in San Diego. I mean, in L.A. Yeah, I saw them basically have the chiefs dead to rights until Mahomes just made an unbelievable play to keep them back in the game to win an overtime. And I was like, this team, like they're going to crush, they're going to beat the chargers and they're going to crush the Patriots. And I, the team I was a little bit most worried about that was the chargers. Cause they'd seen the, them play and the chargers are really dangerous on the road because they're not, they're not like losing anything by leaving home pretty much because their home field is nil. And it was just the one, you know, I don't know. It was a little dangerous and obviously it was too dangerous, but I remember he was, he liked them and I was kind of arguing, but I was kind of had this nagging feeling like he might be right. And I have, and I'm starting to have the nagging feeling about Dallas. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm talking up Dallas and I'll probably take Philly. I mean, I set the lines. I'm going to stick with my process. I don't care if I had one, you know, whatever. I lost three games. One, you staff picks for crying out loud. So yeah. Yeah. And Trust three the games I lost. I lost three games, you know, I'm a big deal. I, I, three right. games is nothing in, in the NFL. So I'm not going to change it. I, I set the lines where I set them. I wasn't looking for which team you know, I thought was going to win. I was just looking at, you know, where would I take the lines and what are they? And, uh, you know, I made the Eagles, I think I made the Eagles eight and a half and it's eight. Sorry. I made a seven and a half and it's eight. So I'm on the Eagles. I think I made the Cowboys six and a half and it's seven. So I'm on the Cowboys. I made the Patriots three and it's four. So I'm on the chargers Although that one. That's one of those, like I would never bet real money on that because it just could go so South. And then the only favorite I think I'm taking is the chiefs. Which is funny because I think I'm taking the two AFC dogs and the two NFC favorites. 
think that's how I'm leaning. So we're, so we're so going to be gonna a lot have, different this week. Uh, we're only going to be on the Chargers. That's it. Yeah. I, although I feel pretty good about the Chargers pick, but you know, it, which is weird and stupid because betting against the Pats has been like the worst possible investment in you know playoff football. But uh, I don't know. I just I don't think this is the same sort of Pats team. I really. This is such a great test. Yep. Actually, I only made. I only made the Cowboys Rams five and a half. Um, I think it's such a great test of so many different things this yep. week because there's all the Pats. It's just such a great test of who they are. I mean, they don't have Gordon who never really panned out because he was too wasted all the time. They don't, you know, Hogan had a nothing year. He was supposed to be a, a factor. Nobody else stepped up. Gronk is a shell of, of his former son. It looks like Edelman is by far their number one receiver. Corderell Patterson is getting serious run yeah. on this team. They've got three running backs. Sony Michelle does not look like Saquon Barkley. He didn't even look like carry on Johnson. He just looked reasonably competent. James white. I mean, he's a nifty little back, but I mean, come on, he's theoretic basically. And then there's like, you know, Rex Burkhead. I mean, who cares? It, it's just their offensive pieces are crap. They are just crap. This is one of the worst I mean, this is like the Browns. It's like Jarvis Landry is Julian Edelman. The other scrubs are the other scrubs. Baker is Tom Brady. I think all three backs and, are pretty good. I, I, yeah, so Nick are, Chubb is better at least than two those of them. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah, but, but Nick Chubb is better than those guys. Like Duke Johnson is at least as good as James White. I almost think the Browns have better weapons than the Patriots, and the Browns had terrible weapons. By the way, I'm thinking Nick Chubb over Melvin, Melvin Gordon next year. Crazy? No. I mean, it's it's – it, you know, it's, you're just, just a play. It's just a, a wear and tear play is all it is. Right. I mean, you're just yeah, saying, I think that's that. I, I just think Chubb is tear. legit. Very good too. And I think that the Browns are going to be good next year. They got a third place schedule too. So they don't even have a hard schedule. Um, right. I, I think that it's only two games though. That affects, you know, they don't have the Hugh Jackson governor switch anymore. I mean, you know, they, you know, I, I think that, uh, they're going to be a pretty strong outfit next year. And they still get to add from the draft this year too. Yeah, well, so does everybody. But yes. no, but point being is like some teams like they, like they they didn't sell out their their they they didn't sell out any draft picks this like some teams did to win this year. They're going to be fully stocked again. So I I think they're just but they're not going to they're not like they, they don't have like two picks like they did this year. They're not like getting some huge advantage over the rest of the league. I don't think they have any uh, cap problems. I don't think there's any of that. So I I, I think they're going to be. A team that's in really good shape. I, I, good well, time especially to be because the rest of the division is kind of screwed. I mean, the Ravens. We'll see if they can replicate what they did the whole year with you know whether Lamar Jackson can hold up and that defense can be good. But like the Steelers are on the ropes. The Bengals are horrible. I mean, the the Browns have to be like the favorites in that division next year. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the Steelers? I mean, they're right right now they're in such you know, such chaos right now, but they could be, they could be just fine. They get, you know, the whole Brown thing could blow over, you know, they're, you know, they're going to, they could figure out a lot. Maybe distractions really were a problem for them. You never know. Yeah. I actually think that, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is pretty good and they just keep drafting these star wide receivers and how they keep getting them. James Washington was kind of a bust, but maybe if he gets, more run, you know, their Steelers are like a factory. It's like not, it's not only Antonio Brown and Juju. Emmanuel Sanders was on the Steelers. Mike Wallace was on the Steelers, San Antonio Holmes, Heinz Ward, Plaxico Burris. So like, is that a Ben thing or is that a good scouting thing? I think they're picking well. And Martavis Bryant was a 
fuck up, but he was obviously talented. I mean, yep. a lot of receivers that were good on that team. Yeah. I think it's partly Ben. I think it's some luck and they obviously, they know something, they figure out something. Yeah, they, they have. Uh, so maybe invest a little bit in Washington next year. Yeah, he'll, he'll get some, he'll get some attention for sure. Okay. Uh, what do you want to make out of the uh, coaching changes uh, in the NFL? So we've gotten a couple already. We already found out uh, that uh, Matt LaFleur is the Packers head coach, Titans offensive coordinator last year. The reactions I've heard have been kind of mixed. Like, okay, he's part of that whole McVeigh tree in a little bit that like he also was in D.C. with on the Redskins at one point in time, same time McVeigh was there. Uh, you know, and then the other one's Cliff Kingsbury uh, with uh, uh, – with a pretty weird path to get to Arizona, but let's talk first about the Packers. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about this on XM and nobody knows, right? I mean, the tree is a good thing, but it doesn't guarantee anything. We see that Belichick's tree only yields rotten fruit every time. So we don't Which know for weird sure. Because I think the, the off- tree was very bountiful. Yes. And Belichick's part of that, obviously. Right. And Coughlin and, you know, so many other guys around the league, but um, I, I would say that, um, that we just don't know, but a, it seems like the offensive trees, well, I guess Parcells is a defensive guy, but you know, like Bill Walsh and all so many things came from that tree and Andy Reed seemed to be better. And then secondly, um, unknown is better than known mediocrity. That's good. And third, and just being around McVeigh and those guys, at least like he's going to make the effort to be creative, not be predictable. And, He's got Aaron Rodgers, so that's just such a huge leg up, and we'll see. But I, it's if you're a Packer fan, you got to be somewhat excited. You got to be like, okay, we got a new guy. He's young. It, you know, we're we're free of McCarthy. I mean, you got to feel pretty. Yep. Josh McDaniel supposedly uh, was trying to be up for that job, but said no, no thanks, I'm not interested. Uh, or at least, or maybe he was, maybe they passed over him and now he's pulling his name from other jobs. He's waiting for Belichick to retire someday. But why is it just that his family's in New England? He knows Belichick's going to leave at some point and he wants to stay. I mean, why would he, why would you turn down? I mean, Belichick could be there five or 10 more years. I mean, who knows? Maybe he knows something. Maybe Belichick told him that he's leaving. Yeah. I was just going to say, like could it be a- Conan O'Brien? Well, he's going to keep saying he's leaving. Yeah. And McDaniels is going to turn down all these jobs and then he's going to stay like three more years. And by the time he does leave and Brady's retired, there won't be a job for McDaniels. Or a similar analogy to Parcells Belichick thing there too. It could be like that. Uh, oh, I'm going to retire. Oh, I'm not going to retire. Oh, you're my coach in waiting. Oh, you're not my coach in waiting. Could be that. Well, didn't Ray Handley follow up Parcells? Wasn't that the next guy? Uh, Dan Reeves was the coach for a while and he was actually pretty good. Uh-huh. But I think Ray Hanley was before that. I think Ray Hanley was after Parcells, if I'm not mistaken. No, I'm talking, though, like when Parcells was on the Jets, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm talking Giants. Yeah. There's a whole lot of weirdness going on with all that. But all right. Um, and then, you know, Cliff Kingsbury goes, you know, from being fired at Texas Tech to hired as the offensive coordinator at USC to not being allowed to interview to being named the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals today. Yeah, I don't know anything about college football or what kind of coach he is, but he's a total offensive guy. He's the guy that uh, was one of the original. He's like one of the first couple quarterbacks from Mike Leach at Texas Tech when they started that air raid thing there, and it was it was revolutionary at the time. He's known as being a good offensive minded coach. 
couldn't recruit defense at all, but you don't have to recruit in the NFL. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, that's the college is so skewed by the recruiting. I mean, who know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's really hard to know, but, uh, yeah, it seems like a good dice roll for them. Why not? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. So there's that. Um, okay. I'm just looking at the Giants head coaches, Parcells. I knew you were looking something sorry, up. I night. couldn't tell what you were looking up there. <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, sorry. I, I got it's all good. Cliff Kingsbury. But Ray Hanley did follow up Parcells. What a, what a downgrade. And then Dan Reeves did well. And then Fossil got to the Super Bowl where they got blown out. And then Coughlin won two Super Bowls. And they had McAdoo. Spagnola was like a temporary coach. And now Shermer. But Giants have done pretty well with coaches. They haven't had garbage coaches for much time just McAdoo and Hanley are the only two real garbage ones we can take a look at the Bengals head coaches but all I would say is Marvin Lewis Marvin Lewis Marvin Lewis yes. no but before Marvin Lewis the before the you know the, the before times oh we want to say there's some bad names Bruce Coslett remember that one that was a good time yeah, Bruce Coslett Mike bad. Shula Ooh, that, that era was fun um, Mike Shula though is the Giants offense coordinator I want to say good luck with that <laughs> I mean, Shermer's an offensive guy, but I'm pretty sure Mike Shula, you never really hear about him, but I think he is the offensive coordinator right now. Uh, um, yeah, like I said. Good yeah, he's the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. I knew he was. I was like, it was weird when they hired him, too. All right, I got to look and see who the uh, uh, who the Bengals head coaches were throughout the years because there's some hideous ones there. But uh Okay, franchise encyclopedia. So my turn to look it up at Pro Football Reference. There, who the, this is great podcast. This is great. Yes, this uh, is the best. Dick LeBeau, Bruce Coslett, Mike Dick Shula. Dick LeBeau was a good coordinator, at least. Yeah, Sam Weish. Okay, so his last year was three and thirteen, and they had a minus one seventy two that year in point differential. He had to go, but oh, he had some really good teams with the Bengals. I I I liked Sam Weish, um, and then Forrest Gregg. Lost a super, you know, took him to the Super Bowl. He was good. He was fine. Uh, he he was fired after a seven and nine year, or maybe he retired. I forget you know, how it went down. I was twelve at the time. Uh, but and Homer Rice before that. Uh, but for, you know, Forrest Gregg is the first guy to ever take him to a Super Bowl. Sam Weish took him to the other one, and then they went through this long, long stretch after Weish. Under Shula, it went five and eleven, three and thirteen, three and thirteen, seven and nine. Eight and eight in a hybrid year between Coslett and Shula. Seven and nine, seven, three and thirteen, four and twelve, four and twelve, six and ten, two and fourteen, and then Marvin Lewis came aboard in, in two thousand three. Eight and eight, eight and eight, eleven and five. Yeah, he didn't have his first losing season until two thousand seven, and then two thousand eight, four, eleven and one, then ten and six, then four and twelve, then he had like five straight good years. But uh, yeah, that yeah, was the Dalton Green era. Yep, that's right. Really, really, the Pac-Man Jones perfect era. Uh, yes, Geno Atkins era. Really, that's that Gino was Geno Atkins is a huge oh. part of that. That's for sure. They also, I mean, they had the Andrew Whitworth era. That's the way you could define it because they haven't done anything since he left. Yep. Well, all right. Who knew the NFL's MVP was Andrew Whitler? Whitworth? Yeah. Who knew that? that and also, speaking of scintillating podcast, uh, there you go. Uh, so we, we've kind of made our picks for this week. Uh, any. Uh, players specifically you like this week like dfs wise dfs wise are like the greg Con- the nffc post postseason hold'em contest who'd you slot in for your four guys that you had to replace i have two leagues and i can't remember but i was just stacking like one of them i put in philip rivers because i, I lost did too. lamar jackson yeah what's that i did too i lost to sean watson 
in one of them. So the other one I had Mahomes I like and Breeze, so I didn't have to do anything there. But one I had Watson, just to be different. Yeah, I have Goff as the other QB there, but basically I just I was just like, all right, what's going to be an ugly stack that nobody wants? So I put Rivers in there. It's the lowest total. And I just try to because you're still going to get triple points if the Chargers make the Super Bowl, and I think can't remember who oh, I have Melvin Gordon who scored a touchdown as my other charger now. So I was like, well, if the chargers make the super bowl, nobody probably has rivers. So no one's going to get the quadruple from that anyway. Right. I mean, so few people have rivers and he didn't do anything in the first game. Although it doesn't matter as much as it was just single points. Yep. So I was like, well, I'm just trying to look, you know, once you lose your quarterback, you're probably, probably toast, but if someone like Foles or rivers makes it all the way. Someone unlikely, then there's going to be so few teams that actually had that as their initial guy that if the quarterback has a really modest super bowl, like 190 yards and a touchdown, something like that. Yeah. It's quadruple points, but you could get a running back or receiver on that team. You know, if Melvin Gordon had three touchdowns or something, you know, you're getting the quadruple points for that and you're actually better off. So I guess my, my plan was to stack with some unusual combination that I already had, you know, that was, it's kind of lame, but probably everyone's doing it. I took Dak because Zeke went off. I mean, everyone had Zeke, but I figured if the Cowboys made the Super Bowl and the other one where I have Mahomes and I had Trubisky, if the Cowboys make the Super Bowl. Well, I'll have quadruple Elliott, which is the guy you probably want anyway, and then triple Dak. Yeah. So that was the strategy there. The more I think about it, the more I think you should have taken one of the top two seeds at quarterback in each conference. And the reason for that is, so say you get, you know, you had Foles. Great. You got you got good points, and you get another game. It's times two. But if, as as the presumption is, they lose this week, you have to put another quarterback in. That's only get at, at one. You have to start over. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you you so already get double points guaranteed from whoever you have. You get double points guaranteed. So you might as well get the guy that's a favored to win the second round game. So here, you get to the th- here's, times here's three the and have a chance at the times four. You know what I should have done? <clears throat> now you're right, but you don't want to take Mahomes and Breeze because. 50 people are going to have more than 50 people are going to have that. And so even if you get all the points from those guys, unless you're perfect elsewhere, you're not going to win. It's just like a college basketball tournament where you put all the one seeds in the final four, right? It's like, okay, well, if two or three of them make the final four, that's great, but everybody's got that. So now you got to get all the elite eight and the sixth round of 16 right too. Whereas if you have a four seed winning it, they probably won't win. But if they do, you got it won. Yeah, so maybe the answer is to go one of each, you know. Well, that's what I did. Right. I, I took one one bye and one uh, early round team, and th- that's what I did. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think the the real play was Brady Goff because you're getting the double instantly. You're getting a, a guy who doesn't have to risk losing in the first round, which is huge, and you're still going to get a combination that's the two two seeds that's pretty low owned. Not many people are going to have Goff and Brady. They might have one of those guys. But almost everybody's gonna have Mahomes or Breeze, and then you know, they, t- or maybe nobody has Golf and Brady, or few people do. Yeah, but so you kind of get the best of both worlds. I, that's what I should have done in retrospect. It's almost actually though, I'd argue it's better to get a guy that had a, you know, I don't know if this existed this week, uh, you know, had a good game but lost. Like I guess Trubisky was the guy, had a good good fantasy game, got yeah. you points and lost, but so you still get one, two, and three at quarterback if you get it the rest of the way with your replacement. Because you can put in one of the high seed quarterbacks still for that second round. You just you won't get times two, but you'll go one, two, and three, which is still not yeah. that bad. Whereas if you get, you know, if you had, uh, let's just say you had Dak, 
he wins it. He won last week. He loses this week. Then you have to pick someone else and you're at one again and two, you never get the three. Right. Yeah. But think of it this way though. If you pick a QB that starts this week and this podcast is getting very NFC playoff specific. Yes, it is. If you pick a guy, but it's a great contest. But if you pick a guy who, um, you know, who starts, who, you know, you pick like the QB, you know, you pick the guy, you know, the Trubisky, and then you fill in with Goff or whoever this week. The most you can get from Goff is one, two, and three. You get six games worth of Goff, right? Because you get one for this week, two for next week, and three for the Super Bowl if he makes it. So you get six games of Goff yeah. and one of Trubisky. So you get seven games. But if you put in Goff originally, you get nine games of Goff, right? You get two for the first round, three for the second round and four for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you're getting nine to seven on that. So you way rather, if you're going to pick golf, you way rather have them, you know, clean and not Trubisky. True. True. Yeah. But you're, you're assuming you, that's what you want to be able to take too. And you really think that he's got that chance of doing it there. Um, I, I don't think it's enough. Well, either way, s- he needs to make it to, for him to pay off whether it's, you know, yeah. Well, yes, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, that's a given. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe you take Mahomes and Goff. That's another way of looking at it there. I think that'll be common, though. Like, I, I think you can't. I mean, you don't want to have me I mean, is like I get it that you want to be unique. I just sometimes unique at the expense of being right can hurt you, though. Well, what I'm saying is I think you got to play this game in, in the way of like, well, I, I could say – Mahomes and a first, you know, QB that plays in the first round, like Trubisky, which is what I did on one of them. Or if you're going to take two bye week, take the two two seeds because it'll be a rare combination. But if you're going to take Mahomes and Golf or Mahomes and Breeze, you, I mean, you're going to have to. It's it's not that you can't win. It's just that you got to be right about all the other stuff, the running backs, the receivers, everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard to do to be perfect. Yeah, not perfect, but like be better than everybody. So it's sort of like it's kind of like DFS where you say, well, if the chalk hits, I'm just going to lose, and I'm fine with that. But if the chalk doesn't hit, you know, I have a very good chance of winning. And that's overall, that gives you a better, you know, EV than trying to be perfect and having the chalk. Sure. I guess. I, I, yeah, I, I think you're probably. Yeah. And this is where, again, having multiple entries helps. You can have a chalk right. entry and then a plus EV entry. I, I almost think like it'd be fun. It's not that expensive. I mean, what are they? Two hundred bucks a pop. I mean, yep. getting like eight of them, and just really—I mean, it'd just be—it's the Chad Schrader way. I mean, yeah, you just get a yeah, bunch it, of entries. Just to like, you, know, you have your leans, and then you you play those, but you play those with variations. Yeah, I wonder if he did how much he did at the postseason contest. I haven't really looked at the standings. If he was into that as much as he was like the online or the prime time for baseball or for foot. I mean, for football. I mean, I'm sure he was that way for baseball too, because he's a good player for both baseball and football. But uh, anyhow, that's getting a little far afield. So I don't know. We'll fi- so that's a good way to finish. We'll finish on that in NFC talk. Uh, I'm a little ba- you know, doing a lot more baseball. T- I liked our baseball talk on air on XM the last couple of days, too. Like that we're mixing in a little bit of all that and we'll ramp that up as the season goes on. But uh, in fact, I'm working up a coda to my replacement uh, pitcher a blog that I did the other day, including like I, I want to kind of identify, you know, we, we talked about Kershaw as the example. I think it'd be helpful to have a list of who else is a risk of, you know, who, who gets hurt by not having the full projection. You know, who are the guys that, you know, maybe need, need to be bumped up by replacement. So that's an, another thing I'm working on right now. 
Interesting. Yeah. I, I think one thing is also hard to cost. Like we say, Oh, well, you know, Kershaw's only got 160 innings, but you're going to get 60 replacement innings from someone else. We need to add on 40 of those because those are the 40 that you'll actually know that Kershaw's out ahead of time. But we don't properly also factor in the negative of Kershaw being on your roster mm-hmm. because if he's out three weeks, <laughs> you're not going to drop him. So, and if it's like middle of the season, that's it's right. great if he just gets shut down in like August and that's it, you can drop him. But most of the time, you know, you're, you're forced to use up a precious roster spot on these guys. So while there's positives that are not factored into the ranking of missing time, there's also negatives and it's very hard to, we'd have to figure out what a, in terms of pitching, having an extra pitching spot for streaming starters and stuff. What's that worth for a whole year? And then what's it worth for a month? And you'd have to basically subtract out a month. Cause that's what you're projecting Kershaw to miss at least of whatever the pitching stats of having only six rather than seven spots on your bench is. That's a tricky thing, but that's also a real thing. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. So, uh, and, and, you know, that, that is, that, you know, those are things too. It's like, it's hard to apply that across the board too. Uh, because, okay, who is, you know, who, where is that line on where you can drop And obviously it differs in a 15 versus a 12, you know, that guy that's lost a job as a closer, is he going to lose it for a short term or is he, you know, is he, or is he Corey Knable and he's going to come back as strong as ever in September? It's very hard to know, but you'd probably work up an average like, okay, having that extra spot lets me stream X pitchers every year or X pitchers, you know, and you say, okay, well, that gives me, there's a certain boost for having flexibility and you'd have to estimate it somehow and be hard to figure out a more than a very vague estimate for it. But there, you do get more pitching stats. If you have a streaming spot, you do get a few more saves. If you have a speculative spot for saves, you'd have to factor that into having a known injury risk that you've projected for, you know, that few many, you know, that few innings right. is not, you can't just say, well, we get the replacement. Yeah. You get to pick someone up. Uh, if, if you get to put someone in your lineup while he's out, but you also have a, a bench spot clogged because of that. That's right. That's right. And that, that hurts you in terms of like, and maybe you bid less on his potential replacement too, knowing that, okay, well, I, I, can I afford it? You know, cause I don't really know if I want to make a drop here. Or I got to, you know, I'll, I probably will just get a keep him honest bid in here. I'm not going to go all out. Cause then I have to make another hard decision. So yeah, it, there's a huge spillover effect. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, part of me is like, Oh, let's model this thing to the, to the T like, let's figure out all the variables and build some crazy model. And then part of me is like, uh, don't, don't bother. Just, just, just play it on instinct after playing for a bunch of years. I mean, look into stuff, but I don't know if it's possible to model it that precisely. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's finish on that. Um, let, we'll talk more. Uh, let's do this again next couple of weeks. Maybe after the Super Bowl, we'll wrap it up for a little while, and then maybe react after the draft and we get close to the football mag. We'll we'll still have talking yang here and there, uh, but it probably won't be every week. But for the next couple of weeks, you can expect us to be back on. Uh, anything else you want to say, Chris? Nope. Good no, job. I'm done, man. That's why you're the best in the business. All right. That's Thanks for listening to Talking Yang, everybody. Uh, you can check us out. Please subscribe to uh, RotoWire. Subscribe to uh, this podcast. Rate, review, all that good stuff on iTunes and Stitcher. If you don't already subscribe to RotoWire, go to rotowire.com slash pod. Get your free 10-day trial, and we'll be back at you next week. Thanks.